Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio, a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living. How does your style of communicating with others in business and in personal relationships impact the results that you get? What do you need to know to have relationships that really thrive? Well, my guest today brings her expertise to help you be all that you can be in interpersonal relationships that either thrive or dive in communication. No limping along here. Hi, I'm Laurie Seymour, host of Wisdom Talk Radio and CEO and founder of the Baca Institute. Head there to discover your quantum connection with your inner guidance by taking the quantum connection quiz. The truth is that we are each designed to connect with source in our own unique way. We're each designed differently. And knowing your own style is the first step of aligning with your own inner guidance at a deeper level than you ever thought you could. It's the secret to having abundant flow in your business and in your life. Now, with one foot in the business world and the other in energy awareness, Connie Whitman is known for her high energy, passionate, heart-centered, and enthusiastic approach to sales, teaching, and coaching. Connie has been the CEO of Changing the Sales Game for over 20 years, helping business owners, leaders, and sales teams build powerhouse organizations. A three-time number one international best-selling author of her book, ESP, Easy Sales Process, but interesting that she should call it that, Seven Steps to Sales Success, speaker and podcast host, Connie's inspired teaching and transformational tools ensure that business owners grow their revenue streams through enhanced communication skills. Now you see why I've said what I said to begin with and why I've invited Connie here. Connie shares inspiring content on her international podcast, The Changing the Sales Game and Enlightenment of Change. And I was a recent guest on Enlightenment of Change and I had so much fun with Connie. Oh my God, that um, you're going to have that too. <laughs> Welcome, Connie. Thanks. For Thank you. Thank you so much. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm honored to be here and I think we're going to have a really good conversation. Yeah, I, I, we are. We are. So I really do see you as this, you know, kind of, I don't like the word guru, but this somebody that has been steeped in how do we communicate and how do we want to, how do we communicate effectively so that we we're successful. And I don't mean successful necessarily in the outer world kind of way, although that's nothing wrong with that, but successful from the inside out. And I know that you talk about and you teach about those fundamental aspects that are so important for that to have to be for our, our way of communication to be successful. So let's start there. Absolutely. So, and, and if I can, I'll even start with a story. So sales, that's, that's my, my world, right? I've been in sales for 40 years. So early on in my career, the company I was working with had, there's different models out there. They happened to use DISC, which is um, William Morrison invented it in the early 1900s, but you've heard of Myers-Briggs bank. There's a whole bunch out there. Mm-hmm. So I was trained on DISC and ultimately got certified. 
And it was wonderful for me. I was, you know, young. I had just graduated college, getting into sales. It was such a great tool and resource for me to understand how I was being perceived in my conversations with clients and prospects. Additionally, though, what they needed from me, right? It's always about the client. So what did they need from me? Well, fast forward, I had been working a few years. I got married later in life. I was about 30. Mm-hmm. And I remember my husband and I were married about six months. And I, he and I are different communication styles, like 180 degrees different. Mm-hmm. So about six months in, I thought, oh, I think I'm mean to him. Maybe I shouldn't be, the, maybe I'm not the marrying type. Like that's what ran through my head because he's, we're married 30 years, by the way, January, we just had our 30th anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Yes. I love it. And we're happily married to boot. Right. But the, the, I remember having a conversation with him and saying, listen, I feel like we're not communicating and it's bothering me because I feel like I'm very abrupt with you because he couldn't keep up with me because he had a much slower, calmer demeanor. Mm-hmm. So I taught him about disc, right? And he was like, oh, this makes so much sense. He goes, now I understand you. It was really kind of <laughs> cute, right? But he, I, I'll tell you, at that moment, we, we set some ground rules for each other because we both communicated so differently that we had to have a conversation about, well, how do we make this work so mm-hmm. that both of us could be heard? Both of us could be emotionally supported, all of those things. We've been using it for 30 years. I have two boys, 22 and 25. Mm-hmm. They know DISC. So we talk DISC and now I've created my own model. But for growing up, I taught them DISC so that they knew how to communicate with me and their teachers and their peers and create harmony in their life by teaching them a skill at such a young age. It's powerful. This is this wow. is the element of communication. Wow. I mean, that's a great set of stories, really. And I, I so where do we begin? So what can you what can you tell us about communication and the way that we uh, I don't want to say do it wrong, but what do we need to understand so that we're we're more effective? Blind spots. Let's call them blind spots, right? We all have blind spots. So what are what are typical blind spots with communication? So it's funny, as I started to understand the power, think about the power, right, with my clients. And then in my personal life, I thought this is a life skill, like everybody should know this. Like, this is brilliant. Like, I felt like I had a magic wand, right? Yes. Well, as I got deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole, right, and perfecting my own skill, I've realized that there's seven layers when we talk about communication and really our communication blind spots. So the first one is DISC or my communication model or Myers-Briggs, however you've been trained or mm-hmm. been exposed to. You're born a certain way of how you communicate. It's your personality whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. but we're born that way. We will die that way. It's like our blood type. So kind of important to understand Mm -hmm. what baseline, like what baseline that is. Mm -hmm. Second one, men and women, guess what? We communicate differently. We're literally anatomically wired. Our brain, our right and left lobes of the brain are wired differently. Mm -hmm. Women have a much thicker connector. So we could toggle between critical and creative thinking where men, they need to kind of shut down and then shift over. So gender impacts how we see the world. And and I want to add the word bias to that because I can't think like a man, Lori, you can't think like a man. Men can't think like women. We can understand and take time to understand that by realizing Mm -hmm. 
we have a blind spot when it comes to gender. Yes. Second one is environment. Um, you know, I grew up in an inner city. Now I live in the suburbs. And I remember one of my students, she grew up on a farm. And she said to me in class one day, she goes, Connie, I think I like animals much more than humans. Aww. And I, under, I understood that because she grew up on a farm. Now, me personally on a farm, I'd hear crickets all night. I wouldn't be able to sleep. I grew up in an inner city with noise and honking of the horns, right? So the environment you grow up in creates filters and, and ways that we see the world. Mm -hmm. Next one is generations. So we have five, gen it's kind of a cool time to be alive, Lori, because there's five generations working side by side. And really the dynamic value in that is somebody who's 70, you know, maybe working at Walmart or McDonald's or something, mm -hmm. they could potentially have a 16 year old working next to them. That's right. Mm -hmm. And, and the benefit is right. That 70 year old, you know, think peers of our age, even th there's a lot of wisdom that we have that really can help a younger person develop those skills as they enter the workforce, right. And, and start their career. Well, mm -hmm. flip it. The, the 16, 17, 18 year olds, they're not afraid of technology. Mm -hmm. So think about the impact from making us more comfortable with our iPhones and stuff like that. So there's this beautiful synergy if you take the time to mine those relationships mm -hmm. versus, oh, they're old or, oh, they're young. We kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater, if you will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mine those relationships. You'll be amazed at what you can uncover because we have blind spots. Because, Lori, you and I are not 17 anymore. And a 17-year-old <laughs> doesn't have the wisdom of a, you know, 50, 60, or 70-year-old person. So mm -hmm. important, the generational difference. Next one is your heritage and the culture. So I was raised in a very Italian household. We all live in the same development in a square mile, includes aunts, uncles, cousins, cousins, kids, right? We're Italian. That's how we roll. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember the first time I, I hosted Christmas Eve, I had 40 people, Lori. It was like no big deal. My friend was having eight people and was having a panic attack. And when I told her I was having 40, she's like, what drugs are you taking? I go, four, 40. What difference does it make? Well, because since I was a little girl, we'd have 70 people over for a birthday party. It's It was nothing to me where for her, having a smaller family and her customs from, mm -hmm. from you know, whatever her heritage is, different blind spot. Right. Learning style. I have two more. I promise I'm almost done. Learning style, because we want to hear Lori's voice too. Our learning style. Some people can read a book and memorize everything. I'm the type I need to hear it. I need to see it and I actually need to execute it, right? Mm -hmm. So I need multi-stimuli the way I wow. learn, but everybody doesn't learn that way. So you don't want to talk down to people by saying, let me show you when they've got it after you've said it once. So mm -hmm. learning style impacts how we communicate with each other. And the last one is our beliefs, our core beliefs. And you know, I, I listened to one of your uh, shows. I follow you and I listened to your show. You were talking about, I think it was the mice they had done with the cherry blossom. I'm pretty sure it was your show. Anyway, what they have, what the scientists have literally found is that we go back more than seven generations that are belief systems from example, my mom was born in, in 1929 during the depression that impacts how my money issues, because all of that is transmitted through DNA. Even if I didn't physically have an experience or a bad or a good experience right. with money when I was a kid, so our beliefs impact how we learn, how we see other people, filters, biases. We don't even know they're there. So 
we've got all that. We've, we've, we've got these multiple, but we can't walk around with an awareness of those seven different aspects or blind spots or filters, you know, whatever we want to call them. Um, we all have them. And I know that in order to, to go beyond those filters, hmm, we have to be so aware. We have to be so present with ourselves and in communication with another, so present to the other. So how do you teach people to do that? So once we start to under, it's inter, it's really fascinating to see people's reaction when you go through those foundational. And we, by the way, we all, doesn't matter your personality, your style that I'm going to share. I'm going to share five styles in a second. Doesn't matter. We all have blind spots with all seven of those layers. Right. So here's the first thing. When you're in a conversation and someone's aggravating you or you feel like, oh, this person, I, they don't get me or I don't get them. Just pause for a second and be curious as to why they see the world the way they do. So curiosity is a beautiful thing to approach any conversation. So you're already just by being curious, what happens, Lori? We meet them halfway, right. whatever that means, right? Mm -hmm. So that's that's one little trick. Now I'm gonna I'll go through the five communication styles. Before I do, I just I want to put that in perspective, right? So if there's five distinct styles that we communicate from, right? It's kind of our wiring, if you will. Mm -hmm. That means that 20% of the time, we're talking to people just like us, easy peasy, zero <laughs> effort. It just right, you you're laughing because you've experienced it. 80% mm -hmm. or eight out of 10 people we speak with don't speak like us. Mm -hmm. And there's got to be a little bit of flexing and shifting, pivoting, modifying, whatever word you want to use that we need to do, because now you'll have this tool. So when you approach that conversation, understand that person's style, and then what do you need to do so that they hear you with the intention that you're delivering the message? Does that make sense? It does. And I just want to bring in one little piece. <clears throat> sure. Because it occurs to me that you're not looking to try and control anybody by doing mm -hmm. this. And, but I want to, I want you to speak to that too, because so often people think, Oh, salespeople or, Oh, a, a technique. It's, it's, there's no truth to it. It's all about trying to control the outcome or control the other person. Yeah, that, that's a great question. This is not about manipulation. Mm -hmm. This is not about control. This is about understanding and curiosity. Mm -hmm. And as soon as, and, and it doesn't matter what you do in life, what your career is, it doesn't have to be sales. You could be a, a stay-at-home mom, let's say, or a stay-at-home dad. Mm -hmm. This will help you understand where your child is coming from and how they need you to deliver the information. Let me give you an example. Maybe this is easier before I even get into the styles. Yeah. You can see I talk fast. I move fast. <laughs> <laughs> I give you a Good thing I grew up on the East Coast. <laughs> I'm telling you. I don't know that it's necessarily just an East Coast thing either. It's, it's no. definitely how I'm wired. I know. But yes, I know. that absolutely. But, but, I, but I know enough. And I have yeah. an Italian sister-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get the double whammy with me. I right? get the double whammy and all of her relatives. You know, that's right. That's and right. the 40 people at, at Christmas. That's right. See, so you understand. That's right. You could come here, come to these hosts. Yeah, and I'm going, oh, right. Yeah. Right. And everybody's <laughs> opening up presents all at the same time. 
That's right. It's organized chaos is how we like to I look at it. Right? And it's so it just <laughs> You're so cute. So I move fast. I think fast. And I like things in a big picture level. So I'll just use sales as an example. So if, if someone is selling to me and you start giving me details and analytics, this is what I'll say. You know what? Just give me a brochure. I got to think about this. You're giving me too much information. I don't care. Yeah. Give me three pieces of information and I'll make, I'll make a decision. Mm-hmm. Now flip that. My husband, you would need, if you were trying to get a meeting with him and you were going through what the uh, agenda was and what the objective of the meeting is, he would want to know, well, what are the analytics? Can you give me some detail with that? Where did you get that information from? I would never care about that. Right. He really cares about that. So communicating, it's not about manipulating. And that goes back to my story when we first got married. Mm-hmm. I learned, and, and I'll give you another example. So he would go food shopping and I go, oh, good, get bread, eggs, and milk. And he'd walk back in the room 10 minutes later. And I go, you didn't go yet? He goes, no, I went to get a piece of paper <laughs> to write down <laughs> what I wanted so that he didn't make a mistake. So now, so after that, after I, we, we learned discs together. I would say to him, oh, you're going to go food shopping? Tell me when you have the list ready and I'll tell you what I need. And then he would come to me with the list and I would go through with what I, you see how lo, that little shift, yes, I'm not yes. manipulating him. He wasn't manipulating me. It's no. just finding how he would get the right things on the, on the list. And I was heard right of what I really did need. So, he so neither of you got frustrated either. No, Cause exactly that's, right. that's the piece. And I recognize the same, same dynamic with my own husband and the way in which I'm fast. He's not. And I don't mean he's slow. I just mean he's deliberate. He he takes his time. He would be the one going to get the piece of paper so that he didn't forget. Exactly. <laughs> and and but isn't that a beautiful thing that once I understood that, mm-hmm. and, and at first I thought, is he trying to irritate me? And he he would think, wow, is she always this direct and brutal? Now he knew me, don't get me yeah, wrong, yeah. but living with someone and dating someone, mm-hmm. two very different things. Mm-hmm. So again, it was just curiosity curiosity, understanding, meeting each other halfway. And then, so see, it wasn't manipulation. I just understood what he needed from me. He understood yes. what I needed from him. And it, and it starts from that place of being curious. See, I, I love that you, that you brought that up because I talk about the importance of curiosity so often in, and I usually talk about it in relationship to how we treat ourselves, oh. you know, being curious about your own response to something instead of being judgmental be curious instead of being in your saying, instead of being judgmental about someone else or trying to um, fit them into your own style right. or your worldview, be curious. Wow. There's all these different possibilities. You know, where do you fall? That's right. I'll just share. That's so brilliant what you just said, Laura, because when I, I remember I live in a, a very nice part of New Jersey and my husband and I were heading down the shore on vacation and there was a brand new construction, huge 10,000 square foot home. And there were little tykes. You could see the little tykes like on the side yard. Mm-hmm. So we're driving now talk about beliefs, right? This is filters that we don't even know are there and the biases we don't know are there. So as we were driving by, I said to my husband, Pfft, I wonder what that guy does for, now I'm a business owner. I wonder what that guy does for a living. I bet he's a crook. As soon as it came out of my mouth, Lori, I was like, wow, where did, like, that was horrifying. Mm -hmm. So my husband looked at me and I looked at him and I go, give me a minute. 
I got to, I got to break that down in my own mind. Mm -hmm. That was horrible where I went with that. And of course, then I turned around and said, I send you love and I hope you're creating the court cure for cancer in that big, beautiful house, right? (laughs) Shift of the paradigm of thinking. Right. But I realized it was from when I was five years old. We lived in Newark at Newark, New Jer- Newark, New Jersey. I say Newark. Okay. <laughs> and we were driving I, I, past. My first husband was from Newark. <laughs> yeah. We say Newark, N-O-R-K, even though that's not what it is. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we were driving down and there were these big, beautiful homes up on the hill. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm a kid. I'm thinking, oh, princesses must live there. Mm. So I say to my mom and dad, who lives in those beautiful houses? We'll come to find out. They immediately jumped on me. Bad people live there. They're crooks. They kill people. They have guns. You don't ever want to be in those homes. So as a child, big house, bad people. Mm-hmm. They were, it was just the mob. It was the mafia that lived in Newark back in the sixties. Right. Mm -hmm. But I'm a five-year-old. How did I perceive that big house crook? And it came out of my mouth as a 50 something year old woman. And it took me about an hour for me to reflect and remember that moment and thought, wow, eliminate that belief. What a false belief that is, you know, here I'm a successful business owner and I'm not a crook like what? So beliefs, filters, all those things matter. And we have to be curious so that we don't judge people. This helps you not judge people as well. Exactly. Exactly. So I love it. Okay. So five styles. Yeah. So the five styles, and I'm going to ask you to guess mine at the end. Trust me, you'll be able to easily. (laughs) Okay. So the first one I call the stimulating motivator. Um, Think, think of the motivational speakers, super successful salespeople and super successful business owners typically have a level of of the um, stimulating motivator. Mm -hmm. Stimulating motivator for the listeners, um, you're confident, you have high energy, you can easily shift gears no matter what's going on. Glass is always half full, positive thinker. You're what we consider a mover, a shaker, and you love to empower and inspire others. Mm -hmm. Coaches oftentimes are stimulating motivators. Mm -hmm. Second one, heartfelt advocate. Think coaches and teachers are heartfelt advocates. Okay. So heartful advocate for the listeners, you're supportive, um, very understanding. You love to help people solve their problems, truly sensitive, very people oriented, familiar people oriented. You like to be around familiar folks. Uh very empathetic, a supportive listeners, and you just have what I would call a harmonious nature. You're very easygoing and kind. My husband is a heartfelt advocate, Ah, to give you an example. Mm -hmm. So you know I'm not that. (laughs) Next one one is the precise assessor. Think engineer, architect, Mm -hmm. um, computer programmer. They're typically precise assessors. Very hardworking, extremely self-disciplined, analytical nature, very conscientious where they can, um, they're programmers, right? A computer programmer. So I call them like conscientious dreamers that they can see things from a programming or coding perspective that, you know, most of us don't. Mm -hmm. Uh, Precise assessors also like stability in their life and are very strong, critical thinkers. Logic. It's all about logic for them. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Fourth one is the observing designer. Uh, Think inventor for this Mm. one. Extremely goal-oriented, very single-minded, inventive, and highly intelligent. So the example I use for the um, observing designer, think of the people who go down the rabbit hole of research 
and they never come out. So all you see is their feet out of the hole. They need someone to come and pull them out. So they could have, be careful because you have deadlines, but if you get stuck doing research, Mm -hmm. deadlines could bypass you because you're like, wait, one more thing. Wait, let me learn that one more thing. Let me read that. They they don't make something concrete. They don't bring something out into the world because they're so deep into the journey. That's exactly right. They get, they get stuck in the weeds, right? They can't find their way out. And the last one is the innovative organizer. Think CEO mentality. They're good decision makers as long as they have enough detail. When I say detail, not a lot of detail. Give me three pieces of information. I'm ready to go. Extremely creative also, although they need help getting things to the finish line because they're good at delegating. They love to be in control of themselves and situations. And oh, by the way, they have very clear opinions. They know what they know, and they will let you know what they know and what they think. And they're the five styles. Wow. So which two do you think I am? Oh, that's so funny. You should say that. I thought you were going to ask, you know, for which one. And I've got two. Go ahead. (laughs) Um, The stimulator, stimulating motivator and the innovative organizer. They're my two. So yes. And, and I lead. So this is the other thing that's kind of cool. Every uh, stimulating motivator is not the same. So I know stimulating motivators who are heartfelt advocates as their second. Mm. They have, they don't have the energy that I have. They don't have the drive that I have Mm -hmm. because my second is that innovative organizer, which is the CEO mentality. I love inspiring you, but now you got to put like, let's put the pedal to the metal, please. And get some action in there. Mm -hmm. Let's get to work. Whereas a heartfelt advocate would love to sit around and say, oh, let me inspire you further. So coaches are typically a combination of uh, the, the stimulating motivator and the heartfelt advocate. And that's why sometimes when, when we're coaching, we don't ask for the business or we do a lot for free because I, I want to help you. I come from this place of heart and love and understanding. Mm-hmm. So that's where coaches sometimes get a little discombobulated. Oh, that's a great point. And because, because I do work with so many conscious entrepreneurs and I see that that's often an area where people fall down. It's like, well, I, oh, I was talking to somebody last week and, um, and she says, well, I have all these talents and all these ideas. And well, I don't really want to charge for it because I just want to, but I want to be able to sell my you know, work. I want to be able to sell my, my worth. So you're, it's, it's like talking at two sides, out two sides of the, of your mouth at the same time and yes. not being able to, to get into action. But see, anybody that's a coach listening or even a business owner listening, Mm -hmm. it it doesn't matter who we're talking to, use it to self-reflect at that moment. Because, you know, if you're a heartfelt advocate and a stimulating motivator, you are here to inspire and you are here Mm -hmm. to share your heart and love. And that's beautiful. But you should get paid for it. See, now that's my innovative organizer. Uh Everybody does not have that level of compassion and empathy that you truly see your client. Everybody can't do that. So it's your zone of genius. You should absolutely get paid for that. Right. So that's, that's, again, you said reflect, you know, self-reflect and it helps us navigate our own journey. So I hope that helps people like it's okay. It's okay. Everybody doesn't have your zone of genius. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So as a, 
and I want to use, I want to use a different word, but I'm not sure where, what it would be, but as a, let's say a buyer in the world. And what I mean by that is because I'm opening it up be, beyond the seller and the buyer, but as we navigate through life, um, knowing our own communication style, how does that help us to express what we want in the world? It's, it's such a, it's such a great question. So here again, remember, I've been using this tool for almost 40 years, so it's very easy. But if I'm going to buy a car mm-hmm. or um, I don't know, you're going into Best Buy to buy a TV, mm-hmm. my husband will do the research. Notice mm-hmm. I said my husband, not me, because I have zero desire to do any research. Right. It doesn't move fast enough for me. Uh-huh. He will do all the research and then I'll go in and I will clearly upfront say, because this is how I need to be. I'll be very polite about it. But like I would say, hey, Lori, listen, we've done some research. Here are the key things we're looking for. Please do not give a ton of detail because we've done some research. Mm-hmm. This is specifically what I need. And can you help us? And we have about a half hour of time. Mm-hmm. So I'm very, very, I set the container Yes, so that yes. they can step into my container and and do what my husband and I need them to do at that moment. So again, you can very politely tell them what you need from them. They don't know you're telling them this is what I need from you to sell to me. That's not what we're doing. Right. But we're making it super. And most people say, "Oh, that's awesome. Sure, let's let's get started." Right. Or my husband will say, "But I have more questions." And then they'll go through and then they'll say, "Okay, you said you had some questions." So set the container. So you give the person, whoever you're talking to, the opportunity to meet you where they are, because most people don't know this tool. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's flip that then. So you're, 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 you're in a situation where you're trying to get buy-in from someone. Maybe you're, you're working in, in your company and you have a great idea. You're not the boss, so you have to... In- by get buy-in and somehow communicate that idea effectively enough and and in the way that that's needed so that you get that so here's here's my tip and I'll, I'll use a flip side of me the opposite when I approach and if someone in that style was approaching me what they would need to do mm-hmm. so example when I talk to engineers or architects like I had one client who was an architect mm-hmm. I would I would have to slow down I would have to refer to different things for him to look at highly intelligent and architect, right? Mm -hmm. I would go through step by step. Did that make sense? Do you need an example? I I literally needed to slow myself down and deliver the information so that he could then percolate, think for a minute. Mm -hmm. And I'd allow that. So there would be silence. And then he'd say, okay, I have a question. Sure. So I I was in receptive mode after I gave him the bite-sized information so that he, again, he could digest it and then come back with a question. That's not my natural style. I want to be like rapid fire. That's what he needed for me. Now flip it. If he, and I, we were talking about this because he had a client that was like me and he says, well, what do I do? (laughs) So I said, you need to get yourself so organized so that you get it. When you start the conversation, say, listen, we need, I need 15 minutes of your time, a half hour of your time, whatever. Mm -hmm. And these are the three things that we need to cover. And then you better stay focused on those three things, what they are, what the solution is, and then keep moving forward. And then at the Mm -hmm. end, make sure you have a call to action for that person because they're going to look to you. They're ready to make a decision Mm -hmm. if they're, if they were like me. Mm -hmm. So what is the next step? You need to be very proactive with that. 
where with someone like him, I might say, listen, I know you need time to think about it, which is cool with me. Mm -hmm. Think about it. I'm going to send you some supporting documentation and information. Mm -hmm. Let's schedule a meeting for three days from now, a week from now, because I, my next class is running, whatever. So he would understand my parameters, Mm -hmm. but I know he needs to think about it because he's not going to make a decision today. So that's where that pushy icky comes from because we're like, so what do you think? Let's get started today. And he's thinking, what? I need to review all the other information she's going to send me, make a decision. So you see how you just, I'm never pushy ever, no, even with someone like myself, Mm -hmm. but with someone like him, you, if, if he's not leaning in and ready, I have to take a step back and say, let me send you more stuff. Let's, let's reconvene in a week. So Mm -hmm. that, did I answer your question? Okay. Yeah, no, that's great. That's a great way to think about it because I see, I often will see clients who have been trained to, okay, you've got to close. You've got to ask for it. You've got to have a call to action. You've got to, all the gotchas, you've got to do this and that and the other. And what you're saying totally throws that on its head. You've got to be sensitive. You have to respect the the person in front of you and all the, the filters that they come with. And, and I'll share, I had a physical therapist. She was a very high precise assessor mm-hmm. and I got, she purchased my program the next day she sent me this long email it it, it was just fear she was fearful yeah so I thought I'm not I'm not going to answer this email I picked up the phone and I called her Mm -hmm. and I said okay I I see you're stressing over and I went through her email I knew clearly where she was getting anxious Mm -hmm. and I said remember we and I just reiterated and she goes I just needed to talk to you I feel better okay it it, because there's so much fear because she didn't know everything well of course you don't because you haven't gone through a nine-week program how could you know everything Mm -hmm. and as soon as I broke it down again for her she's like that's why I love you you're so patient with me and she understood she was a precise assessor I wasn't and she goes that was really good modification on your part Uh I gave her what she needed it wasn't manipulation if she asked me for the refunds I said I'll give you the refunds I don't want you doing something you're not comfortable with mm-hmm. but we all think you got to make the sale and 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 I'll, can I just share my philosophy with these when you get to the end of the call like my example with the architects or someone like me three things should happen one the client is as eager as you to get rolling they know you're the perfect fit you're they're excited what's the next step they're asking you what the next step is it's a yeah. beautiful match go for it D- do the business. Second one, I have said to people, you're not ready for me. You're still Mm -hmm. working on your website. You're getting your marketing messaging. You're, I could see you're overwhelmed. Why would you jump into a nine week program with me? You're not Mm going to put the time in and then nothing's going to change to me. I I feel like I'm taking your money for nothing. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. Do your other things. Let's talk once a week. I want to make sure your marketing is doing this, right? So I give my little two two senses in there. And then three weeks later, we close the business. So you're not ready for me is the second most important thing you can say. Mm-hmm. Or the third one is, and I do this a lot, Lori. I say to people, I'm not what you need. Mm-hmm. You really you really need the marketing or you really need whatever it is to get more certifications in your field, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'm just not the right fit, but then I have a huge network because I've been in business for 40 years. Oh. I, I have vetted them. I trust my people. Mm-hmm. I'll say, listen, let me do an intro email 
you know, you need to talk to Lori. I think she's the one who can help you really move the needle on what you're trying to create. Three things, notice I didn't say objection. So if you're pushing to make that sale mm -hmm. and close, I hate that word close because we close relationships off. That's that's not what we want to do. Why are we pushing, right? The business is always going to be there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we can take that whole thing that you just said so beautifully and take it into personal relationships because these are personal relationships. 100%. Sales is relationships. Sales and is it's, relationships. It's funny, even my corporate clients, like we build cultures, it's, it's a little more different than, than a, a smaller business. Smaller businesses sure. are easier to move the needle and, and have them make more revenue, right? More money. Corporate, it takes a little bit longer of a run, runway. <laughs> um, my clients though, we, 15 years, five years, 10 years, mm -hmm. because it's about the relationship. And then what they do is they say, hey, the next thing we need to work on, or hey, we noticed our employees need X, Y, Z. And if I can, I go, you know what? I have the perfect person for you. They'll be able to help. It's not my jam, but let me help you. I'll, yes. I'll introduce yeah. you to someone who can. They trust me. So yes. they keep coming back to me anytime they need anything related to training, culture, development, communication, that kind of thing. Yeah, and I'm sure they do because you, you have what it takes and you've you've proven that over and over again so let's open that up for a moment um you said sales is relationships could we say the other way around that relationships and i mean that marriages with your kids whatever are also about quote unquote sales um, yeah, I guess you could see, here's the thing for me, when people, you know, they hear the word sales and they go, Oh, you literally see their body language. Like, Oh, here we go. I have to push a product or I have to push my services. Mm -hmm. I have to push myself on you. And I giggle and I say, no, your job is to, who's ever in front of you. Don't care who they are. Right. They mm -hmm. could be from an alien from outer space. Mm -hmm. Who's in front of you right here, right now, what is their situation and how you could, how can you potentially help them? Well, right, that's sales. So yes, even when my kids are in front of me, when they were in grammar school, my one son needed a tutor. He was so upset. He did poorly. We're in the phone. I was on the phone calling on my way home uh, from a client mm -hmm. and he was so upset. And I said, we will find a solution. Every problem has a solution found the tutor. I reached out to a friend who was a teacher. She ended up being his tutor. So mm -hmm. it's reaching out and asking for help from resources that you trust. Yes. That's sales though, building that network, building those relationships. Mm -hmm. You're building your network. That's sales. So mm -hmm. we're selling all the time. Even if you're in a back office somewhere, you know, doing computer stuff. If you have an idea that you, like you were saying before, to go to your manager, mm -hmm. don't bring me into your weeds. If I'm your manager, you need to Give me the big picture, mm -hmm. park the container that I'm willing to step in, but I'm not going to give you an hour to go through and show me all the coding. I'd rather have pins in my eyes. Yeah. So who am I talking to? How do I need to position it to get the receptivity from them? Mm -hmm. Did you like that? Yes. <laughs> and certainly with our, um, our most intimate others, how are we going to be able to communicate? How are we willing to be curious enough about who that person is and how they need to be spoken to so that we're not imposing and we're not assuming and we're not judging? Exactly. Exactly. And I'll just share one more thing. When my husband and I, when we first got married, um, I can fire so fast so that if we had a disagreement, you won't get a word in edgewise. I would win in my mind. I won that argument. Yeah. Was it a win-lose argument? Right. Horrible. 
So after I taught him DISC, I said, you know, he was an SC, I'm an ID. For those listening, if you know what DISC is. But anyway, I said to him, you know what? I fire fast. I can shoot from the hip. I know what I'm feeling and I can articulate it pretty darn quickly. Mm -hmm. 24 hour rule. Whatever the discussion is, we park it. No anger, no judgment. We, we kiss each other and get in bed at night, right? Mm-hmm. But you make a list. And then the rule was when we reconvened the next night, he would go through his list first and I couldn't say a word. I could not rebuke or, or, or uh, respond until right. he got through all of what he wanted to share with me. And then I would say, okay, I had no idea. You f-. And most of the time it was a misunderstanding. But think yeah. about that. Had we not done this, I would have been like, he is the biggest pain. And he would have been like, she is the rudest person mm-hmm. we would have judged each other versus saying oh, that is so not what I meant by what I said but I see where you saw what I meant like oh my goodness mm-hmm. I never meant to hurt you that was the last thing I wanted but now you're talking about it from this framework of love and understanding not judgment so it's yes. really a good skill to develop for for everybody in your life and for everybody because then love gets to win all the time always and mm-hmm. I don't know about you but the energy in the world, we need to shift it. (laughs) We really have to, by us taking this piece of information, Mm. understanding it, embodying it, being curious about it and meeting people halfway and understanding our biases and filters, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden we're, we're, we're in the same church. We're just trying to find that same pew, if you will. But now at least we're in the same church. We're not, you know, on opposite ends of town in different churches. You you get what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, Connie, you're just a, such a delight to be with. And oh, thank you. Same to you. <laughs> I knew we'd have fun and, and we have. <laughs> can you share with people how they can find you? I mean, it'll yes. be in the show notes, but I like to have it on the recording too. Yeah. So it, here's the thing. If anybody has a question, just email me. And I, I do, I don't have a VA look at my emails. I do my own emails because it's personal. I'm relationship driven. Email me at Connie at changing the sales game.com. And in the show notes, you're going to put the communication style assessment. It's my free gift mm-hmm. and everybody. So figure out, you'll get two reports. One will spotlight your highest style, which is like your natural superpowers, right? Uh-huh. It's just what you're really good at. Lean into that. Um, and then on the flip side, you get the lowest report. So like for mine would have been the precise assessor, mm-hmm. just so you shine a light on skills that are not natural to you so that you understand when you're in front of a precise assessor, what they need from you. So again, mm-hmm. it's just shining a little bit of a light so that you can communicate more effectively. Yeah. And again, that's my free gift. And, and anyone, Lori, if they want to take the CSA, the communication style assessment, email it to me and say, Hey, Con, can you jump on a 15 minute call? I'd love to debrief with you, have them email me and I'll send them my calendar link, but I'm happy to do that. That's really lovely. That's a, that's a very generous gift. Thank you. Oh, truly my pleasure. We we have to make this world better (laughs) and we can only do that together. Right? Yes. Yes. Connie, thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you so much. I, I love, I love you, my friends. <laughs> Feeling is mutual. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and to our listeners, thank you for being with us here today at Wisdom Talk Radio. Join us here regularly for more wisdom, discovery, and illumination. And remember that you could find us on your favorite places to listen to podcasts. And then if, if you've enjoyed listening today, and I can't imagine you didn't (laughs) leave us a review because that helps more people find 
this kind of wisdom and to, they, it also helps us transform the world. And that's what we're all about here. And then for more about deepening your connection with your inner guidance, take the quantum connection style quiz today. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook.